This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I'm so excited to have my next guest. She's a licensed social worker with more than 27 years of experience uh, combating various forms of child sexual abuse. She's also clinically trained and brings more than 16 years of expertise to forensic interviewing, including developing a nationally recognized forensic interviewing guideline specifically for child trafficking. Her work is very, very important, and I'm so excited to have her here. And she has this, a new podcast we're going to be talking about as well. I'm so excited. Iona Rudisil, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Tam? I'm amazing. I'm so excited to have you. And you know, it's it's interesting. I can tell you this, and I, I think about a child trafficking, and I haven't thought about it so much as I've thought about it lately. Like, I never really thought that it was an American thing for a long time. I didn't think that was something that happened here. But now I live in Las Vegas. And so when I go to, you know, the airport, you see signs. And when you're thinking about all these things, I, I'm really excited to have this conversation because I'm not sure that everybody has as much uh, understanding about this topic as you do. And mm-hmm. then the aftermath of that, which we talk about trauma and things like that. So first of all, what led you into the field of social work in the first place? That is such a great question. And it's a really funny story because I went to school um, at Penn State undergrad and I thought I was going to go into psychology because I knew that I wanted to work with individuals who were either sexually abused or had some type of um, disability. Mm -hmm. And so it was either going to be, and I knew it was going to be youth. I knew it was going to be around children. And so um, my first, one of my first classes in psychology, I realized, you know what, this is not me. Mm-hmm. And so my um, uh, advisor actually said, well, why don't you go into rehab education? So I went into rehabilitation education, loved it, spent all my time focusing on child sexual abuse and commercial sexual exploitation. And then when I was thinking about going into the Peace Corps, my advisor said, well, why don't you go and get your master's in social work? And my idea of a social worker was that what you saw on TV, you know, right. you talked about, about trafficking and not really understanding. Well, I didn't really understand what a social worker was mm-hmm. and how vast uh, discipline actually was. Yeah. You can do so much with an MSW. So I could do counseling. I could do research. I could do policy. I could do programming. And so I could be in the government, I could be in a private sector. Yeah. So I fell in love with it and I love being a social worker. And now I advocate for so many people who are looking to go into any type of human rights or social justice to get an NSW, to get a social work degree, because it's so broad and you can do so much. It's amazing. I, and you're right, because I, um, when I talk about social, I have a really good girlfriend who's been a social worker for many, many years, and she was on the street with the homeless, finding them and talking to them, and she was doing all the mm-hmm. things. She had such a big heart for that that space, but I've also seen social workers in hospitals. You know, they had, a, when my mom was sick, I've seen social workers. Yeah, they're ev- social workers are everywhere almost. And you went specifically, you know, especially creating a forensic interviewing guideline specifically for child trafficking. Um, how did that come about? So that came about because I had been um, working as a forensic interviewer now for years. And I 
actually, you know, when you had said earlier that you didn't realize that child trafficking was happening in the United States. And so my first introduction to it happening in the United States was early 2000s. Well, actually, sorry, mm -mm, 1996. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in 1996, um, during one of my first positions. And so understanding that it was happening here in the United States, I started doing a lot of research, going to a lot of different conferences. And I first got involved with child labor um, laws and then child labor trafficking. And then it just evolved into child sex trafficking where that really was my targeted focus on because that's what I kept seeing when I was working at a children's advocacy center. Right. And so it was really just being able to be a part of someone's healing and restoration, especially a child right. when they've been bought and sold for somebody else's sexual pleasure. That's that's I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine, you know, and I talk to so many people about their their own traumas. And this is where mm -hmm. I start talking about how you've you've kind of extended this conversation now. Uh, to trauma and talking about, you know, with your, with your podcast, Iona Speaks. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, someone who has come, who has been in the child trafficking uh, a situation growing up and then the trauma that they experienced on the, on the back end. So is what, what led you to decide, okay, this needs to be a bigger conversation. This needs to be a conversation uh, for the public, maybe is for the people who like me who do, who didn't even know that this was really happening, or um, you know, for the people who are may not be in sex traffic, but they've we all have so much trauma. So, what really triggered that? So you hit it. It's the fact that we all have experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about we just came out of a pandemic, and you know, all intents purposes, we're still recovering from a pandemic. Right. And basically it has it was traumatic for so many different people in yes. so many levels. Well then you think about the individual who has experienced trauma, not just a car crash, but um the exploitation from a family member or from a teacher, from somebody who they care about, somebody who actually um uh, they trust it. And then you bring that out to the fact that here's a child. This is a child, someone who's 17 years and younger, whose brain has not fully been developed. And so they have trauma on top of an undeveloped brain. Mm -hmm. Plus they're dealing with historical trauma. If you're talking about individuals from um, minority backgrounds or marginalized communities, like women of color, um, right. children of color, um, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're going that. And me going into my heritage of knowing that not only am I African-American, but also Native American yeah. um, from the Shinnecock tribe, Indian tribe mm -hmm. in um, Northeast New York. Yeah. And so being able to bring all of those together and recognize that, you know what? We as women are amazing. We are yes. inspiring. We are powerful. We do so much. And there's such a struggle sometimes even becoming a mother because you are actually the voice of the future. Yes. You are molding and shaping a generation mm -hmm. that's going to shape another generation. And this is going to be a continuous pattern. Right. So it just kind of hit me during a conversation with, it's trying to hit me with a conversation with my husband mm -hmm. where we were just talking about what is your gifting and how can you use your gifting 
um, in this world. And he just simply said, your gift is your voice. You've done training. You've had interviews. So many people talk about your voice and so many talk about not just um, how you're saying something, but what you're saying and what's coming out of your mouth. So you you bring that, you merge the content with the context and be able to really build upon that. And so the podcast was birthed. He basically said, you know, I'm going to take our son out and you're going to sit here and come up with a theme. And it wasn't that hard because I just sat there and the Lord said, this is who you have been your entire life. You've been molded by your grandparents. You've been molded in life to be a defender of Mm self-justice. And that's what you've been doing your entire life. Your purpose has been to be able to bring healing and restoration to those who've experienced pain. And so that's what you've been doing in all of your um, job experiences. So you just merge all of that together. And Iona Speaks about defending self-justice was birthed. Wow. Well, I do notice as I listen to you, and I've noticed this for a while, I think we talked about it. You have a special gift with your voice. You have also, you have a special empathy that delivers through your voice that mm-hmm. you know when you look at someone when you're listening when your voice is soothing and you feel it feels like you understand what someone is going through when you speak so that's that's what I, I can see you being able to do that and be very successful talking to someone forensic interviewing is kind of deep right that's really difficult to to do unless you have a gift what have you experienced whether it's in life or in business, because this is fairly new for you now moving over into this business. Uh, Mm. What has been uh, difficult for you uh, and what have you learned? That's a great question um, because this is the fourth year of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And last year, I just got hit with a sickness. So basically um, last year, last July, I just basically decided, you know what? I'm going to take the limits off God. He is going to be able to use me in any capacity that he wants to use me in. And Mm -hmm. so the webpage was birthed and we just started really sharing up the podcast and broadening it and getting our guests lined up. And then, you know, something that I had experienced when I was 19 years old of a fatal car car crash that left me with a traumatic brain injury, Mm. I got hit with an infection that to some people would have gotten over in a week. But it took me two months Mm. because of just where it was, where it was positioned and located in my head. And so during that time, when you can't speak, when you can't read, when you um, just have to really listen to the voice of God, listen to positive messages, listen to um, encouragement and remember all that has been ingrained into you, all that has been into your heart so that you can recall it when those seeds of doubt come up and make you feel like, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Does my voice really make a difference? Is this podcast making a difference? Um, You know, and I realized what God was taking me through was the understanding of really being the defender of self-justice. Oh, yeah. It It wasn't just about allowing his justice, his righteousness, his idea, his design to come through me. But it was also, how do I do that? And how do I posture that? And how do I do it with limitations? Yes. How do I do it 
when um, I have to adjust, make adjustments now. Yeah. Um, my energy level is not the same as it was, yeah. yet I'm still moving forward. I'm yeah. still striving and I'm still thriving because I know whom I belong to. And that was the first thing he said when you share with people about how to be a defender of self-justice, the number one thing is knowing who we belong to, to the yeah. fact that we have been created in his image and his likeness to do great things yes. and to make a great impact in whatever field that we That's so amazing. You know, what hit me as you were speaking. That's, I can just imagine you probably have, it hasn't slipped by you that um, you're not being able to speak push you in a very unique position to understand others that have lost their voice as well and how to how to be able to still stay you know to to know what that feels like intimately physically but also there's so many people who emotionally and spiritually can have lost their voice that cannot express themselves so it's that's 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 really beautiful um uh, that you shared that what are you excited about right now so I'm excited because um, one of the things that happened last year was, you know what, you're going to do a newsletter. And I was going to add a newsletter to my website and that was going to highlight the podcast. And so it was supposed to be a monthly newsletter because we have 10 episodes in the course of a year. Yeah. However, because I had to make some adjustments due to some health restrictions, mm -hmm. um, I was like, you know what, still got to push and do the newsletter. And I realized that it was okay to make an adjustment. So instead of doing a monthly one, it's actually going to be a quarterly one. Oh, and perfect. So this quarterly one was put out um, for April. So we're really excited about that um, because it just continues to um, be compatible with yes. the podcast and give the understanding. So the first newsletter was just another thing about who I am and then what are the five steps, the five things that you can help you and each listener, each woman, and each mother become a defender of self-justice for themselves. Yes, yes. Are, even though we don't realize it, mm -hmm. every single one of us. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So what are what advice would you give to another woman who is, you know, going through something traumatic and she, you know, maybe needs someone to talk to, you know, someone who needs to um, defend her own situation, uh, what would be the first thing you would tell her to do? Where should she go? I would say to embrace all of your experiences, the good and the bad, the challenging and the great, because those experiences have actually brought you to a place of resilience. Yes. And you can share that resiliency. Even though it might have been an ugly situation, a heartbreaking situation, a tumultuous situation, that, tra that trauma is not something that is actually to be um, your enemy. Mm -hmm. That trauma, that experience is really to be sitting with you because that that's what empowers you. Right. You are. Because it's your experiences that give you resiliency. That's so embrace right. it. I love it. Oh my goodness. 
Iona, I know that uh, there's a lot of people going to want to find your podcast and want to get on your newsletter. They want to find out about what you're doing. There's so many people that are suffering in the world and they need someone who has the voice that could really uh, show that they understand them and they can they can learn. So the first thing I want you to share is anything that you have in your heart that you feel like you just need to share. That's the first thing. But also, uh, where can my listeners find you? Uh, where can they connect with you on social? To my heart is basically that during this time too, that I was sick and out for two months. And, you know, yes, I am a woman of faith. Yes, I am an encourager. Yet there are times when things happen to you, when you have a team around you, a community around you, that basically also is set there to encourage you. Mm-hmm. And so as we go through situations um, throughout the day, just allow for yourself to sit in your knees, to actually, um, one of the things that, that I do on a daily basis throughout the day is that presence-based leadership, which is basically guiding others through the sensitivity of Christ. So I am listening, I am waiting to hear how I should respond to something. But sometimes I might respond in a way that might not be as beneficial for me or the other person. Right. Yet if you sit with them and just be quiet for a little bit and allow things to just unfold, then you can guide others through that sensitivity and you yield yourself to his actions, to his attitudes, to his behaviors, because he's just working through us in everything that we do. That's correct. So, and the best way to find me, to find everything, to find where I am on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, um, is to go to my webpage, which is simply ionarudasil.com. And that's where you can also find me. I love it. Oh my gosh. I I'm so excited for our you know, partnership and all the things we're going to be doing this year. Thank you so much for your time. I'm grateful too. Thank you so much, Tim.